This has been a co-production of The Voice of Max and The Movie Wrench. It's about time! It's about space! It's... Well, it's time for me to get on with it. Welcome to Max Mike Movies, where this week we start something truly new, truly monumental, truly, truly scrumptious. This is a first for here at Max Mike Movies. We have invited a third into our little studio, into our hearts, and into our show. Today, the first of our guest hosts joins us in a little series we like to call... Well, we um, haven't really given it a name yet. Oops. Let's call it it Betty. I was thinking of calling it and special guest star dot dot dot. Uh, I'm going to go with Betty. Anyway, (laughs) we have a real treat today. I'd like to introduce the first of our guest hosts, one Michael Q. Dans, better known as my buddy the Weasel. Say hello, Weasel. Hey guys, how's it going? Uh, Long time listener, first time caller. (laughs) You're not calling, you're sitting next to me. I am one of your hosts, Mike Luce, master of the mystic arts, and uh, oh yeah, that over there is Max. I'm sure I'll fire him for something. I joke, I joke, that's because I care. We ask the guest host to choose a movie, one close to them for one reason or another, and then to more or less defend it in this arena of blood. Well... Really, it's just this show. You did tell him that if he fails to defend it, his life is forfeit. Right? Uh, I might. I was, I, I'm not aware. I think I said something about. I'm sure I. We'll, we'll get back to that. Have, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah not, a, not a big it's deal. Mm-hmm. Um, your premiums paid up. Mm-hmm. Your estate's yes. in order. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Brilliant answer. Um. Anyway, it's on tape. I can't lie. Are you kidding? <laughs> tape. tape. Live on tape. Maybe we'll just shoot this on Super 8, shall we? All right. <laughs> so Weasel chose the 1999 Andy Kaufman biopic, Man on the Moon. We'll be getting to this cage match in just a moment, but first, we have some business. Hey, are you listening to our podcast? I'm going to guess that because you're hearing me right now, you are. If you are, are you listening to it from the Google Podcast app or the Apple iTunes Podcast app? Either one will work. Forget the others. Nothing can compare. Would you like to see all of our... See. Would you like to hear all of our back episodes, our back issues, if you will? Well, we have them on our website at maxmikemovies.com. You can email us, such as Young Weasel has done, and said, Hey, I have an idea for a show. Or, hey, will you guys shut up? Either way, you can reach us at us at maxmikemovies.com. Social media, we have you covered there as well. You can get us on our Facebook page, which is Max Mike Movies, Or, if you tweet or twerk, or whatever that is. Twerk? Twerk. If you twerk, you can find us on Twitter at MaxMikeMovies. Other than that, we now speak about Man on the Moon. I would, however, like to make one correction. You can, in fact, see our podcast if you would like. You can go to the site and download the MP3s and decompile the code and look at it as much as you want. Wow. Yeah. You really have an exciting life, don't you, Max? (laughs) Hey, man, some of that stuff is hot. Yeah. Speaking of trivial matters. <laughs> the show. So, trivia for Man on the Moon. And we will be talking more to Young Weasel very shortly. Okay, so first, we're, yeah, I, I want to just jump in, in here. And uh, I have to say that, well, I know most people believe that uh, the Man on the Moon was faked by Stanley Kubrick in the uh, sound <sighs> studio in uh, New Mexico. I believe it was actually Tommy Wiseau who directed the false moon Max. landing. Yep. Max. You can Max. actually hear very carefully. Max. If you listen, you hear Max. Neil Armstrong go, Oh, Max. hi, Luna Surface. Max. What? Yes? You got everything wrong. Oh, okay. Right. Man on the Moon, the biopic about Andy Kaufman having oh. nothing to do with either Tommy Wiseau, as most things don't, or the moon landing, or the faking thereof. It Trivial issues. Stop. Milos Forman, director of note, probably best known in this country for One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, Amadeus, and The People vs. Larry Flint also directed this. The budget was a staggering $82 million. I'm not exactly sure why. <laughs> the final take, $47 million. Ooh. Was this doomed to fail because of the subject matter? Don't know. I actually don't. I did, the one thing I did not look into was critical response. Um, I guess I don't care. Andy's little sister, as a child, was actually played by his granddaughter. 
While Andy never married, he had a child with a high school sweetheart. She was put up for adoption and only much later found out that she was, in fact, Andy Kaufman's child. So, in essence, she plays her aunt. Or her granddaughter plays her aunt. Or, never mind. This is trying to get into it, that song, I'm My Own Grandpa. Not really. But it would take a scientist to explain it. <laughs> Jim Carrey, in a nod to method acting, refused to be called Jim during the entire production of the movie and would only respond to Andy. Strangely, somebody impersonated Gary Oldman to try and get the part, even though the real Gary Oldman had passed on the role months before. Ooh. Interestingly, Ooh. people involved with the film took a long time to figure this out. <laughs> um, those are the real Andy Kaufman conga drums. The mm. actual real ones in the movie. Yeah. Did not know that. They mm. did. They are. Carrie and Kaufman share the same birthday. Hmm. Hmm. Coincidence? I think so. Apparently, the real Elvis was, in fact, a fan of Andy Kaufman's impersonations. <laughs> Suppo yeah. I, I read about that. Supposedly, when they asked Elvis at one point who his favorite Elvis impersonator was, he, <laughs> he said, said Kaufman. Andy Kaufman. Yeah, yeah. Other possibilities for the role of Andy Kaufman in this film include John Cusack, huh? Mm -hmm. Nicolas Cage, not the bees! Tom Hanks, uh, huh? Oh. Kevin Spacey, that could have been interesting. That, no. I, although now it would be less interesting because, yeah. 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 Hank Azaria, oh. Edward Norton, and either Gary Oldman or the person portraying, portraying <laughs> Gary Oldman in TV. Gary Oldman, good lord. George Shapiro does make an appearance in the film. He was Andy's real-life manager. He was the club owner who fires him at the beginning of the movie. Uh. Bob Zmuda is also in the film. He plays the guy who Andy attacks on the set of Fridays. Mm. Oh, oh, the uh, stage manager. Okay. Yes. Conflicting stories about the portrayal of Andy and a few people close to him saying that he was always actually professional, that he told people he was Tony Clifton ahead of time. Unlike as it was portrayed in the movie, the producers of Taxi were well aware that Clifton was often Kaufman, Clifton still making appearances, having been interviewed as late as 2013. Hmm. Even though, yeah. <laughs> there was a screenplay for a never-produced Tony Clifton biopic in which, at the end, Clifton dies at Cedars-Sinai Hospital of Cancer, which is exactly where and how Kaufman would die five years later. Hmm. Yeah. Preachant. Yikes. Apparently, the stories of Kaufman being disreputive on the set of Taxi were mostly fictitious and as delivered by Bob Zmuda. Uh, it was apparently in his best interest to paint Andy that way, although sources say that Andy probably would have liked Zmuda's version of the events just fine. Um, among people who played Tony Clifton were Andy Kaufman, Bob Zmuda, and apparently Andy Kaufman's brother. Hmm. But uh, yeah, they left that part out of, this, out of the movie. Um, Carnegie Hall show was depicted in the movie, but it also continued the following morning on the Staten Island Ferry. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, yeah. Andy's TV special, which in the movie is showing has never being aired, actually did air in 1979. The visual gag of the rolling horizontal was actually static, which did bother the sponsors and executives, but which was used. Their, um, problem with it was they were afraid people were going to change the channel. Sure. The incident on Fridays was apparently known to Michael Richards, who is the actor who I think is played by Norm MacDonald that in this. Norm, yeah. That is Norm MacDonald. Uh, yeah, it was Michael. Funny how they didn't get him for that. Hmm, weird. <laughs> uh, the actor who throws the cue cards at Andy. It was meant to be a secret, but Richards told the other cast members that Andy was going to break the fourth wall just before the show. Kaufman would guest on Fridays two more times, once taking so long... Uh, talking so long past the introduction he was supposed to give to the musical guest to pretenders that they were unable to play. Andy made 16 appearances on Saturday Night Live. On his final, he had a taped appearance where people would call in to keep or dump Andy. The difference between the two was actually 195,544 to dump and 169,186 to keep. So it was actually a lot closer than they let on. Hmm. Do uh, either of you uh, have any other trivia that I did not cover that you would like to? Um, just going through my notes real quick just to see if they're trivial or just your what own personal. Else? Yeah. Uh, I mean, Lauren Michaels plays Lauren Michaels. Yes, and yeah, Bud yeah he does. Plays Bud cool. Friedman. Of yeah. course, because who else could uh, capture the role that is? Who's Bud, Bud Friedman? Friedman? Oh, good. Oh, good. <laughs> really? You don't know? 
Uh, no. Bud Friedman was one of the greatest forces in stand-up comedy in the 80s and 90s. Bud Friedman owned one of the two major chains of comedy clubs in this country, the Improv, or the Improvisation, depending where you were. Ooh, that is a big uh, one. He was a comedy club owner. He and Mitzi Shore controlled most of the stand-up clubs in uh, at least the northern half of the United States. Uh, she mm. had she handled mostly the West Coast. He handled the East Coast. Uh, he made or he could make he was up with the uh, you know Johnny Carson and uh, the other late night talk show hosts. He could create or destroy stand-up comics pretty much at will. Mm-hmm. Oh. You know, it's a, it's a little-known fact. Max and I don't like to talk about this much, but it is an actual fact that Max and I went, once went to the yes, Improv. Yes, I've actually been to the Improv several times. I'll <laughs> shut up. <laughs> I've never heard yeah. about that. Ah, yeah. <laughs> and to be fair, we just literally went. Like, yeah. we were in New York City, we, we went. I, I remember only one thing, and it was a guy talking about uh, the this pair of pants that uh. were green and had little smiley faces on it, and it was giving him non-flashbacks. <laughs> which, there you go. <laughs> All right. Uh, any other trivia before I give the plot, which is whew, yeah. lengthy? The uh, the only I had one other thing. Uh, Courtney Love's character is actually a fake character. Well, kinda. There was there sort was of. A Lynn... She's like a a stand. Yeah, well, there was a. Go ahead, Max. There was. A... I'll I'll let yeah, you finish. You. There was a Lynn. What are Margulies? Some such. Uh, but she met Andy Kaufman in '83, just a year before he died, while they were working on the movie he made called Breakfast with Bo- My Breakfast with Blossie. Blassie. Blassie. Which was based yeah. of course, which was a parody of My Dinner with Andre involving the professional wrestler wrestler classy Freddie Blassie. Yeah, do you know what he's probably best known to you and me for? The classy Freddie Blassie? Uh, yeah. I knew him from the WWF. Why? Nah, you actually know him from Dr. Demento. He did a song oh, called Pencil Night Geek. Geek. Yes, that is, which is what he used yeah. to yell at people in the ring. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It was it was it was sort of proto rap because of course Freddie can't no. sing. Uh, yeah. Uh, so that pretty yeah. much clears it up for trivia. I'm going to go through the plot for those of you at home who have not listened to the movie yet. Uh, listened to the <laughs> movie. Watched the movie. <sighs> I will get my verbs right. And uh, for our blind listeners, <laughs> listen to the movie. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. <clears throat> I don't need your help. Are, are you still here? <laughs> right. <laughs> The movie more or less follows the life and career of Andy Kaufman, trying to shed some light on his process, his personality, and his mark on the world. The end. The end. Yeah. yeah. That yeah, pretty, pretty much, much sums it up. Yeah. It's a biopic about Andy Kaufman. We're done. Yeah. Good night, yeah. everybody. All right. Now. The Lowdown. I would like to start off the middle part of our show by asking young Weasel a question. Weasel. What is the square root of minus one? No, no, no. That's not the question. That'll come later. You can think on it. Uh, why did you pick this movie? Um, you know, it, it, it is a weird movie. I'll throw it out there. Uh, I know it's not the average moviegoer's first pick, right? Um, I like it because I think that it, it's it's a great movie that has like a cool, like melancholy kind of tone to it where you're watching the life of this human being. And it, when the first time I watched it, I didn't even know who Andy Kaufman was. Okay. To be honest. Like, I had no Why idea. Why did you watch it then? I, it was on. It was a Jim Carrey movie. Oh. Why not? Okay. You know? Um, I was probably in, like, early college years when I first saw it. So, a while ago. The Weasel is now 65. <laughs> Circling the drain. Uh, <laughs> wow. So, uh, yeah. I mean, I you know, I didn't know anything about it. And I started watching it. And I was just like, who is this guy? And it kind of drove me into it. And I guess... The reason that I picked it is just because I it is kind of an oddball movie, and it's a movie about oddballs, and I think it kind of is a weird underdog kind of story about how somebody became successful and didn't really appreciate being successful, I guess, once he was successful. And I don't know, it's it's a it's a it's kind of my like go to I'm having a bad day kinda of sad movie, you know? Mm-hmm. Wait, because you are having a bad day, or you'd like to have a bad day? <laughs> I think I think because you are having a bad day. You know, if you okay, if, so this makes you feel better. No, okay, <laughs> but it makes me feel more justified. It's your movie okay. when you want to really fully experience feelings. I won't be in a bad mood. Yeah. I wanna. I won't be sad. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So have you seen it many times? Yeah. Oh yeah. I've probably, I've probably watched this movie 
probably around like 10 times. That mm. speaks to the sadness. That is the weasel's life. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, are you otherwise a Jim Carrey fan? Since you're not a, a an Andy Kaufman fan? I like some of his work. I mean, you know, there there's definitely ups and downs right. with his movie. I think I think everyone will agree on that. Like, mm. you know, Ace Ventura, the first one's really funny, great yep. movie. The Mask, eh, it's okay. And, you know, uh, Truman Show, um, I think amazing movie, but who knows? Maybe somebody else hates I like it. I feel it. like Jim Carrey's, yeah, I mean, he's kind of a love him or hate him kind of person i think i yeah. think with his movies I, I don't know if i would say he's a love him or hate him kind of person his movies are very hit or miss when they work they're really good yeah i mean this one man in the moon was only his like his second sort of serious movie after the truman show uh yeah before that mostly what he did was goofy teen movies uh stand-up routines and yeah stuff stuff like he's ventura and the mask and uh, once bitten and just goofy ass movies Living Color, yeah. that's what he was on, wasn't it? Yes, yeah. he was. He was. Fire, Fire Marshal Bill. Yeah, everybody remembers that, if nothing yep. else. Um, yeah, so, Max, had you seen this before? I had. So how, would you, have you seen it, like, many times? or? I've seen it once or twice, and it had been a while. Um, that actually leads into something I'm curious about. I mean, we, Weez, you just sort of answered this already, although I'm curious if it changed. Of, of the people talking now... <laughs> How much do any of you know about Andy Kaufman? I mean, how, how much of his stuff have you seen? Uh, oh, we, go ahead Weez? and answer first. All right. Uh, <laughs> I love how you trip over that. Well, now. Well, oh, we, we, weasel? Is that a weasel? Who are you <laughs> addressing? There's yeah. two people on If he line. says Mike, though, neither of us will know who you're talking to. So yeah, This is like weird. It's like we're on a party line. Yeah. yeah. Um, Get off this line. So... I'm calling my pilot. <laughs> <laughs> so I... I... <laughs> At the time uh, that I first saw it, I didn't know anything, and then afterwards, I did a lot of research and like watching videos and YouTube clips online. Okay. It's beauty, the beauty of the internet, right? Yeah. So you know, watching the Mighty Mouse skit and all that, and and kind of educating myself. So now I think I'm fairly familiar-ish. Did uh, having now looked at this and done research because I did my research I watched the film yesterday and then I did a bunch of research I actually did more research than I generally do for the show I watched a bunch of stuff I looked stuff up um, did the seeing the actual performances color your feelings about the movie because they did mine and we'll talk about that in the third segment but I just wonder if they did or not I don't think so um, and the reason being is because I think a lot of the Kaufman work and the Kaufman style and what this movie was trying to show is that a lot of it has to do with interpretation. Okay. And, and like, I don't think that Kaufman's work is inherently funny, but I also don't think it's inherently not funny. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's very much like depends on how it hits you and your, your, your personality or, or how you perceive him. You could perceive Andy Kaufman to be a jerk. And, and, you know, in the movie, he is kind of portrayed as a bit rude, and he kind of comes off as a, a bit crass sometimes, and he, he makes, you know, sexist remarks and whatever. But is that part of the act? You know, and that's what I kind of like about this movie, is that the whole time it kind of lets you as the audience make your own call. Like, is he kind of a sweet guy that's just, you know, looking to get a rise out of people, you know, through humor? Or is he, you know, actually kind of a sociopath that's kind of doing stupid things that you don't really know if he understands if that's socially acceptable or not? Um, seeing his, like, live performances, I feel like you could kind of make the same inferences where you could be like, I don't know if this guy's serious or not, you know? Depends on what he's doing, obviously, but, you know, th that's my take. How about you, Max? What do you? I, well, were you a big fan of of Kaufman? Or? Well, hang on. I, I just want to ask you, Mike. Something oh. uh, before you said you researched and watched a bunch of Kaufman stuff before you'd I, seen this movie. Had you seen any of his stuff? It, it was all memory, right? So I'd seen Taxi. Um, I yep. certainly remember from Taxi. Okay. And I, I it's foggy because you know we're talking almost forty years ago. Mm -hmm. um, some of this stuff, but I want to say that I saw the Mighty Mouse bit on Letterman or SNL, I can't remember, at the time. And I, the thing is, I literally cannot remember my reaction to it. Mm -hmm. So I would say, and I definitely remember seeing one of the wrestling bits on 
one of the talk shows. And again, I can't remember which one, but I remember him being picked up and being pile-drived or something on the talk show. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say, we're going to get to the third section before I want to, but <laughs> I would say there's a big dichotomy between watching his performances and getting an impression of him through this movie. Yeah. How about now, now? How about you? Were you a fan of Kaufman? Do you remember? I mean, you you're, you have a much better memory than I do. Do you remember seeing him on any of these shows back many, in many, many times? Ah, well, Chris Max has out... seen every episode of SNL, including all of the ones that <sighs> suck, which is in fact ninety eight percent of them. A lot of them. Yeah, like, <laughs> oh, that's a whole other show. Talking about my poor SNL. Yeah. I grew up loving that show so much, and. Uh, I don't. Yeah, that's something. I, I yeah. I, I have seen. All, I think if not every, then almost every episode and of Saturday Night Live. And yeah, I saw every single performance that Andy Kaufman did on them, and I still remember the first one was the Mighty Mouse, and I remember sitting there going, "What is happening?" Mm-hmm. And then did you I think saw, it was funny? I did actually. I thought. I thought this is kind of brilliant. And the, interestingly, so does the audience. Yeah. Which is something they, they, they kind of, they mess with in the film. Because mm-hmm. in the film, they make it look like everybody hates him. And I went back, and every performance I watched, people were laughing. People yeah. liked him. A lot of people did. Now, yeah. it's true, a lot of the college audiences, a lot of the bigger ones, the, the times he made the mistake of playing larger venues, which was a big mistake with his material, people didn't like him. Because a lot of it was seeing his face. You had to see uh-huh. his face and his body language and the weird stuff he would do with his eyes and his eyebrows, the hunching, the stuff with his head. I remember seeing that and thinking, this this is unbelievable. And then later I saw him do, you know, the play the bongos, and then suddenly I saw him do the Elvis impersonation. Mm-hmm. And I thought, that's like the best Elvis impersonation. That sounds more <laughs> like Elvis than Elvis does. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And Elvis impersonations, for those of you who don't know or are too young to know, such as Young Weasel here, remember, 65. Um, <laughs> that used to be, it's probably still a thing in Vegas, like I guess you people just do this, but yeah, probably the most egregious use of Elvis impersonators was sadly uh, oh, the Bicentennial. So the president at the time... day in our history. The president at the time, if I remember correctly, was still Gerald Ford. Uh, I don't think uh, we got Jimmy Carter. Carter. I forgot which one. I think Carter was 70. He got elected at the end of 76, so he's 77 through 80. Uh, Gerald Ford decided, hey, what better way to celebrate the USA than here at the Statue of Liberty? We're going to have 200. 200. Because there's one for each year. Yeah. Uh, Elvis impersonators. God. All performing at once because this is a great idea. I, uh, yeah. I honestly thought I was. I saw that. I watched that thing and I'm like, <laughs> I'm having a stroke. That's it. I mean, I, I'm having an embolism or something. There's no way this is real. Anyway, I mean, I was 11 and even then I was like, what yeah. is? Why are they doing this? Why are yeah. we having Elvis? I, don't, I, okay. I remember watching the sketch, his bit where he comes out and starts reading, pretending to be British and reading The Great Gatsby. That was where okay. he did that first. He did not do that at a college show. He did that on friggin' Saturday Night Live. He came out and read The Great Gatsby to the audience. He actually didn't do it at a college show. He did it yeah. at uh, in front of a bunch of doctors, because I actually watched... Oh. So there was a really interesting bit of video I came across today while looking for him. And this was a piece done... It was an interview he granted to a friend of his right after a bad show. And it was in 19... Let me try to think if I remember the year it was the show. It was right in the middle of his career. So I'm going to say like 1980, 81. And it is a very rare piece of film because Andy's too tired to be Andy. So he's kind of just Andy. And he's talking about how upset he was at the show because people were booing him. And he brings up the Great Gatsby bit. And he says, I was doing the show at... I think he said it was Cedar sinai which is even creepier Mm. in front of all these doctors and they were booing me and he's like so i read them the great gatsby the whole thing that showed him but (laughs) well it was uh, so weird because apparently there were times when andy was more or less normal which was kind of weird (laughs) yeah maybe so um i had had some notes some others related to some of the other things that i watched uh, one of his final appearances, or near his final appearance, was on this show called The Top. Max, do you remember this show? The Top, no. Yeah. 
I don't know when this was on or what it, it seemed to be a show where uh, celebrity guests would come on and introduce music videos because that was a thing. Um, and then they have bands actually on the show. Mm -hmm. But he was having this thing with Rodney Dangerfield, who loved him and actually had him uh, open for him a few times. Mm -hmm. And he, he would pretend to call up Rodney Dangerfield, and Rodney Dangerfield would sit there and say, Hey, when are you going to show my video? I paid you off. I paid, gave you 10 bucks or whatever. <laughs> and Andy would be like, Oh, it's coming later in the show. And the performance is so bad, you think that Andy probably wrote it. Because it was that whole, we're celebrities doing celebrity things, and it's going to get crazy. Uh, that kind of stuff. It was exactly like that. Mm -hmm. um, and there was other people. But mm -hmm. I, I just wonder if you remember, because you remember all this junk. Yeah, Thick I don't of the think night. I saw that show. Yeah, yeah. Thick of the night, <laughs> dancing to the hits. Fridays. Oh, Lord. <laughs> oh, Lord, that show. Uh, Max, I would you tell us about Fridays? <laughs> I tr uh, tell us about Fridays, Grandpa. Uh, in the dark days, yes, when chaos ruled the land. Yeah, God, it was a ripoff of Saturday Night Live. Obviously, no, no, no. It was on Friday. It was a ripoff of Saturday Night Live, <laughs> trying to capitalize on what was then a huge success. And honest, let's not kid ourselves. Saturday Night Live, for whatever its quality, is still a massive success because what's Somehow. it competing with? <laughs> what else is on at 11.30 on a Saturday night? What else wants to be on? Yeah. Fridays was bad. Yeah. Fridays was so bad. No, I couldn't tell you anyone who was on the show. I don't remember any of their names. I don't... I remember one character, the Rastafarian gourmet, who then they would use as like the Rastafarian workout or the Rastafarian crafts baker and... Uh, the whole thing of the show is it was very drug oriented. I mean, in the, yeah. in the movie we see that like Andy objects to that. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, it was not humor oriented. <laughs> well, that's a minor problem. I'm sure they were working on it. They, I mean, they even, had Michael Richards. They could have could have gone uh, into all sorts of racial epithets. Oh, yeah. Oops. They, they even you know they tried to have a news segment in the middle like Weekend Update. Even that wasn't funny. It was bad. It barely. I don't think it. I don't, maybe it lasted a season. The, yeah. the most fa I saw the episode with Andy Kaufman, and I was completely taken in. I thought, "Oh wow, this guy's just lost his mind." So I thought it was real. Apparently, as it, again, they told Michael Richard. He told Michael Richards, and it was supposed to not be known, but apparently, you know. And if you watch the show, uh, you can tell how bad the writing is from the opening of the of the bit because there is yeah. somebody narrating what's about to happen and how funny it's going to be. Have you ever watched the original bit? No. Actually, I think I have. Yeah, it's it's not... They don't really sell it very well, do they? <laughs> guy comes out and he's like, so we're about to go to a restaurant and what happens is whenever a cast member leaves the set, they're going off to smoke a joint. Let's watch. It's like watching uh, the Riddler in the old Batman series like build up a... I disagree that Riddler in the old Batman series do. is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, no. It's it's like if you took humor and removed anything funny, that's what it was like. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, so. you, they could not have found a worse match of Andy Kaufman and Fridays. I do have to say, the way they recreate this segment, it matches my memory pretty closely. Yeah. They, they did a really nice job of that, which brings me to a question for, for Wheeze. Do you think Jim Carrey did justice to Andy Kaufman? Did he did he do a good job? Should he have gotten Kevin I mean, Spacey? Oh man. Well I, I think he did a fine job. I think that at time, you know Yeah, I, I, I don't even have much to say about it. I think that he did a fine job. Do I you, it, it, does it drew feel me like, in. Does it feel like a real performance or is it more like he's doing because this is what happens in a lot of biopics? Is it a real performance or did it feel like an extended impersonation? I would say real performance. Mm, yeah. And, and and the reason being is because I get, it drew me in and it was like, it made me interested in this person. It, it's not one dimensional. Mm -hmm. I feel like the performance is very three dimensional, two dimensional. I don't know what's better than one dimensional. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, well, I know that right below one dimensional, we get Tommy was so, but I can't remember what Yikes. the step right. <laughs> it's above that. <laughs> Uh, it's not it's not a shallow performance, I don't think. I think yeah. that like by the end of the movie, like I I cried, I'll be honest. Like I, I cry in the end of the movie. Was 
I do. I, I shed tears for, well, yeah, for because Andy. He dies. I too. Because he, I'm I sorry. It's very touching. Because he dies? Be, does he die or oh. not? Oh, well, yeah, the end is. or is it? <sighs> I think it's uh, fairly safe to say he's dead. Not so much because of that, but just because of the way that he approaches his own death. The video like, he made at the funeral? Yeah, like that's that's unique. And I mean, I'm that really sells him as like, he's not a comedian. He's a song and dance guy. That's what he said and, about himself. And that and that's the whole that's his whole mantra, right? Like mm-hmm. that's that's what he builds himself on. And I think Jim Carrey does a really good job of it because, you know, throughout the middle of the movie he goes from like, you know, song and dance guy to comedian to, you know, shock humor kind of rude mm-hmm. guy. And then like kind of somehow digs you back out of that into being somebody who you kind of sympathize with and like feel really bad about in the end. I don't know. I feel bad about it. Maybe you guys hate him and maybe you guys are like, oh, you know, great ending. But <laughs> thanks for impressing that uh, that that identity on us. I, I don't know. I we, don't we, haven't, know. we haven't talked about it. No, but. we're going to get there. Uh, how about you, Max? How, what do you feel about the performance since I you think brought he, up the question? I yeah. think that movie, when I saw it, I was like, holy crap, Jim Carrey can act. I thought it was a really, I thought it was really well done. It wasn't, it didn't feel to me like a caricature or an impersonation. He, I, it, because quite honestly, a lot of the stuff he got wrong. Yes. It wasn't an exact copy of Andy Kaufman. He didn't no. look exactly like him. He didn't sound exactly like him. He wasn't trying to be Andy Kaufman. He was being Jim Carrey playing Andy Kaufman, which is the way you do a biopic. Yeah. Otherwise, it just, you know, it becomes a sketch. I thought he handled it really well. Well, the thing I thought, and this is something, a real strength of Jim Carrey, is the physical stuff. The way he could mimic, that was the one thing that we really did mimic, was the body movements when uh, Kaufman was performing. That weird rubber-limbed stuff that I don't know if anyone else could have done that. That hmm. kind of lanky body yes, style. The, yeah, yeah, the weird flexing of the shoulders and the high knee steps. And yeah. The, biz- the, the Ministry of stuff. Silly Walk. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> and I, I think I think Carrie nailed it. I thought, you know, it's one of those movies, I've only ever seen one other where halfway through I stopped thinking, oh, Jim Carrey's doing a good job. It's like, oh, wow, Andy Kaufman is being a jerk here. Yeah, yeah. What was the other movie? The other one was uh, Martin Landau as uh, uh, Bella Lugosi and <laughs> Ed Wood. You have to be double jointed. I'm not kidding. I mean, that movie is weird, and it's Tim Burton. I still think it's probably the best thing Tim Burton did. But Martin Landau's performance is a friggin' revelation because Didn't halfway he get an through, Oscar I forgot for it was him. Didn't he get an Oscar for that? He did, and he yeah, deserved he... it. And of course, sadly, I know Martin Landau as Commander Koenig from Space Nineteen Ninety, which is probably the worst thing he's ever done. He's actually been in a lot of like very uh, pretty amazing films, and he's been in Hitchcock movies for heaven's sake. Yeah, but then you see him in that, and it's like, okay, everyone, I need you to be dull and lifeless. Can you do that? (laughs) Uh, Because I'm trying to change my, I'm trying to to, uh, train my young protege George Lucas here, and. If you could go faster and more intense, but with less emotion, that'd be great. Because, <laughs> of course, Martin Landau was with then-wife uh, Barbara Bain, because you didn't get one without the other for whatever reason yeah. back then. And both of them were dull as dishwater. But what, what anyway. did you think of uh, Jim Carrey's performance? So, it changed, because I watched the movie. And I'd seen it before. I actually, did, in my notes, it was like, I don't think I've seen this. And then partway through, I think 15 minutes is, I think I've seen this. <laughs> and I realized later, yeah, I have seen this. When I watched the movie on its own, I did think it was a very remarkable performance. When I then went and did my research, I think that Carrie takes it too far. Too far. Um, yeah, there, especially when he's doing Andy. When I went back and watched Andy, Andy wasn't quite as intense as Carrie was. Um, and the parts where he's just supposed to be Andy were almost, they were, they were bordering on caricature. That being said, he was utterly sincere. I totally believe for every moment that Carrie is doing his best to portray Andy Kaufman to the best of his ability. And I don't think you're going to get any kind of better performance ever for this kind of thing. I think that, like, just the fact that I watched it, I knew nothing about Andy Kaufman, yeah. and I still, like, felt something, yeah. in, you know, for, for the movie. It's still, like, one of my favorite movies mm-hmm. of all time, you know? And I didn't... Which I find very odd. I know, it's a weird one, but... <laughs> I don't, and, and I didn't give a rip about Andy Kaufman uh, before watching it. So, right. um, I was noticing some things like 
how they keep pushing the idea of him being a genius. What are our feelings on whether Kaufman was actually a genius or just somebody doing something new? And what's the difference there? Max, you want to go first? No, you go first. You're the guest. Oh, Damn um, guest. <laughs> yes, you are the damn guest. Next time, bring some of your damn friends. One of the, one of the greatest scenes, one of the greatest episodes of Taxi ever. We can talk about that some other time. I don't, I don't know if he, I don't know if I would say genius, because he, he doesn't succeed in literally everything he does. He succeeded you know? in almost nothing he did. Except I, for taxi. I wouldn't say that. I, except that I'm going to disagree because literally every performance I watched, including the one on the dating game, which is freaking hilarious, <laughs> people are laughing. Yeah. You know. Yeah, like I'm the, talking the, about about success, commercial success, business success, that is, success in in show business. As a performer, that you can argue. But uh, do you know the other stuff he was in? You know, Heart Beeps, which I thankfully forgot. Heart Beeps, which 1981 yeah. with Bernadette Peters, which yeah. uh, has a 0% <laughs> rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Yikes. It yeah, is, I remember when it came out and how much it was just panned. Yeah, it was. It, I never I saw like one scene on TV yeah. years later and it was like, okay, nope. And he yeah. also, I saw the pilot he did called Stick Around. Okay. 1977, I think. It's supposed to be taking place in the future, and he plays a robot named Andy, and it's he's doing his foreign man character, and this thing, the the pilot aired, and then bye bye. Yeah, he did he did several other movies. He did a couple of other TV shows. No one remembers them, and there's a reason they didn't work. Well, now, now here's to be fair, the whole idea in the movie where they say, "Well, we want to hire you because we basically want to hire." the character that becomes Latka. Yeah. And everybody knows him for Latka. Yeah. Um, that was, as Max just pointed out, was generally known as the foreign man character who actually had a name that I couldn't quite make out on the dating game. Mm. And I, my feeling with the dating game is that what happened was the he, he somehow, this is early because he hasn't done Latka yet because otherwise people would have known who he was. Somehow he talked them into letting him onto the show because at one point the host says, Bachelor number three, who is who, who he's taking the place of uh couldn't make it at the last minute and so this nice man from off the street uh agreed to take his place what is this mall rats (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah, it sounds like it so they they show if you can find this on on uh youtube it's the the quality's terrible um but there he is doing the foreign man whose name is baz something i can't quite make it out Mm. but he's kaufman referred him as a foreign man and he is hilarious, and the audience is laughing their butts off. And, of course, they don't know it's supposed to be funny. We assume it's supposed to be funny. It is funny. Mm. Um, I saw him on Letterman. Same thing, except one of the the appearances uh, where I saw him in Letterman, He's it's Tony Clifton. Turns out it wasn't him. It was uh, actually Bob Zmuda. Right. Um, but you can't tell. And i, I got to give some uh, credit here to Paul Giamatti, who you know is one of Max's closest personal friends. My close friends. personal friend, Paul Giamatti, who someday yeah. I, I will actually meet. I think he's <laughs> he's not given enough credit for this film. Because not only is Paul Giamatti, he's pretty much good in everything. Mm-hmm. I like Paul oh, Giamatti yeah. and everything. But his Tony Clifton is pretty much identical to Jim Carrey. Yeah. yeah. He you really, really he can't tell them it. apart. You yeah. can't tell. No, they, they did a great job. Mm-hmm. So I, I watched him do Tony Clifton. People laughed at that. I watched uh, Kaufman on uh, doing... Was he was he doing Clifton on Carson? No, he was doing one of his other bits on Carson. People were laughing. Carson was laughing. Um, pretty much every bit I watched, yeah. people were laughing. You know why? Um, he worked well live. Taxi. And that may be it. Well, Taxi, taxi was the only thing. Yeah, but that was not all him. His character, right. which was not the huge breakout thing, he wasn't the Fonz. I mean, if anything, no. that would be, you know, I, I think Christopher Lloyd's Jim Ignatowski was the big breakout character. It was for for him, but yeah. I, uh, he also didn't show up. He wasn't in the first season. He yeah, no, he wasn't. He showed up later. He, I think he, he actually was in the first season in one episode as a guest, and they liked the character so much they brought him back. Yeah. That now I you have to also give credit to that was a that was show was a remarkable show. It had a great cast. It had terrific writers. I it also, takes place in one room. It te- <laughs> uh, no, they or sometimes in a cab. Yeah, but and mostly it's one room. Everyone's yeah, pretty much in one place. It was also I have to say this was kind of jarring for me when I first saw the movie 
because Danny DeVito is Shapiro. Yeah. And then we see the set yeah. of Taxi, and I'm going, wait, Danny DeVito is supposed to be there playing Louis De Palma, but he's over playing George Illogical Norman Coordinate. <laughs> Smoke starts coming out of my collar. It was really awkward. Danger, danger. Yeah, it's in my mm. notes, too. Uh, also, I think it's funny how none of us noticed the, that uh, Tony Danza was no, Yeah, you know, I didn't. I, I think I looked later, and I was like, oh, because I was... He was... Because they had I everybody. Wonder, I wonder if that's where... Yeah. I wonder if that's where the budget went. Like, for the movie. I oh, mean, for all maybe. those actors? For, yeah, all the actors to get those, them to come back. Those were some big Sadly, names at that After point. that show... Uh, yeah, after Taxi, most of those people kind of didn't go uh, on too much. I disagree yeah. with Including you. John inc- Hirsch went on to get an Oscar nomination in Ordinary People. Tony Danza did it two to three sitcoms. Tony- <laughs> All of which playing characters oh, yeah. named I'm Tony. I'm not saying he had range, I think but he couldn't remember his own who's name. Who's the boss was on the year, on the year for years? Yeah. Danny DeVito? Major no, movie star. Uh, yeah, except for Danny DeVito. I'm sorry. Uh, John uh, Hirsch- Carol Kane? She also kind of disappeared. She did not disappear. She has been working steadily for the last 30 mm. years. Christopher Lloyd. Christopher Lloyd, he's there. Uh, Judd Hirsch was kind of like the guy you expected to go on and have his own big show, and he did a couple of big things. Then we don't see him for a while, and then he shows up in uh, Independence Day. which right? I really and, of course, the second Sharknado movie. Oh, but yeah. they have all thought that uh, the guy who played Kenny was... Not Kenny, I'm sorry. It's... Uh, Bobby? He played. That was the name of a character he played in the Mary Tyler Moore show. Um, Jeff, Jeff Conway. Jeff Conway. Uh, yeah. They all thought he was going to be the big star, and he wasn't. Hey, he um, ended up playing a deputy on Babylon Five. <laughs> <laughs> Next to Walter Koenig, who yeah, is yeah. from Chekhov. Yeah, it, it is funny. Apparently, I don't know if this was the reason, but Tony Danza really didn't like uh, Andy Kaufman. He didn't understand it. As he, in one of an interview, he basically said Andy was one of the kids we used to beat up in my neighborhood. Yeah, Jeez. I can yeah, picture nice, that. Huh? Tony Danza, I picture him as somebody who beat other people up. Yeah, yeah Judd I'm Hirsch s- apparently didn't care for him either. Uh, but Judd Hirsch thing. respected him. I read an interview with him, and he said, "Yeah, I think he was uh, brilliant, but I don't think he, he it was hard to think of him as a human being because he didn't act like one." Well, the producers of Taxi apparently were well aware of Tony Clifton, and apparently also. Uh, he was Kaufman was very forthcoming about the fact that he was Tony Clifton, just not to everybody like yeah. the cast. Mm. Uh, so apparently, he really pissed off Judd Hirsch during the one time he was supposedly showing up. And I watched an interview with Danny DeVito, who was recalling as best he can the days when I saw the Tony Clifton one. shows up, and he's like, "Yeah, he shows up with these two hookers, which is exactly <laughs> how it shows up in the movie, and he's hours late, and uh, he's just terrible. And the next day, he shows up with presents. All the hookers have presents for everybody, and they're a little squeaky." toys that make noise but then it was like yeah we gotta fire him and Kaufman was all about I want you to fire Clifton because of his tardiness not because he can't act yeah. otherwise he won't <laughs> be able to get gigs and it's like okay and whatever Tony Clifton was never on the show no he was supposed to be on four times but his yeah. one rehearsal was so bad was so they're terrible. like we can't do this yeah yeah uh, I'm going to point out a couple of quick uh, other cameos we had here. One of my favorite character actors, Vincent Schiavelli. Uh, uh, I love it. He's in everything. I actually painted his portrait he's, once. He's a, he's a uh, standard of of Milos Forman movies. He's in all yep. of them. He also was in uh, one of Max and my favorite films, uh, uh, which is Buckaroo Banzai. Oh, yeah. He plays one of the Johns. Yep. Um, uh, Lauren Michaels, as we pointed out, played Nor- Lauren Michaels. Uh, for one line, we get Patton Oswalt. Yep. <laughs> Where was Patton? He was wearing a very bad wig and a mustache. Yeah. Oh, uh, I think he okay. was in a club. I think he was, oh, in, a was in the right. diner. Was it the diner? They're in the diner, and he, he goes oh, is he the one who says, "Hey, are you hey, Andy buddy. Kaufman?" Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't. I missed that. I did not and, recognize him. And this one, I'm sure, pretty much everybody would have. Met. Oh, and then of course we get Dave and Paul. Dave apparently said, "Yeah, I'm not wearing any makeup or prosthetics. I'm just going to yeah. look like I am. And if I don't look like I did 20 years ago, too bad." Yeah. Uh, and we get Paul briefly. We get Paul. Paul Shaver. Mm-hmm. Um, but the one I'm sure a lot of people wouldn't catch is an actor named Peter Bonners. Uh, Peter Bonners is probably best known for playing uh, Bob Newhart's best friend, Jerry Robinson, from the Bob oh, Newhart yes, show. Oh, yes, that's right. He's a but producer of Taxi. In he acts, Well, yes, but he actually, more so than being an actor, he went on to be a director, directed a bunch of episodes of the uh, Bob Newhart show. And he mm. probably, I didn't look this up, but he probably directed some episodes of Taxi because that's what he ended up doing is just mm. going off and doing that. So uh, okay. a lot of fun little cameos here and there. Mm. 
Uh, well, let's give the weasel a chance. Bring up one of your notes, weasel. What do you got yeah, there? Oh on gosh, your, I'm on, on, your, on your teleprompter. Uh, one of my notes is that uh, Jim Carrey sports the best unibrow ever in the <laughs> in this film. That was very yeah. convincing. Go, going to do the research. It's spot on. I think that literally is. every really hair is, is perfect for Kaufman's <laughs> monobrow, and I was just like, okay, they got that right. It, it's great. Um, you know, uh, I love the intro to the film. Uh, when they roll the credits first because he's like oh people just wouldn't get it like people don't understand me and then he like goes into the whole story and i I thought that was just like some good tone setting i thought that the opening actually felt almost too funny for kaufman it was funny but it's like i don't i mean and i say i don't remember laughing at him that i was watching one of his performances and i was laughing my ass off he Mm -hmm. at times could be really funny um and you i think one of them was the, the the uh dating game but <laughs> yeah i like um i like the portrayal of the dad in the beginning because the dad comes in and kind of kind of gives him hell because he's sitting there talking to the wall yeah and he's like if you're if you're gonna do this if you're gonna be funny you need an audience <laughs> he drags and his he, little sister and, then, and he drags his well, little sister but who it's it turns first... out is his yeah. kaufman's granddaughter <laughs> yeah yeah but it, it and god that kid's teeth that poor kid's teeth <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, she was a little she'd obviously lost no a few. No, no the, the, the kid boy playing kaufman. The, the guy yeah. playing he had obviously kaufman. gone through oh, his baby oh. set and just got his big twofers and yeah yeah it was oh, more like a threefer um, it was, it was interestingly, rough. so going back to this, uh, one of the things I watched was this this interview I was talking about earlier, and Kaufman was very specifically talking about how when he does his shows, it's like having everybody in his bedroom. Yeah. So like that part, they really got right, and apparently, I, I maybe he did perform it in his bedroom and it was wall to his stuffed toys. I don't know. Maybe. It's howdy doody doll. Yeah, <laughs> but Kaufman like brought that up in this interview. It was very interesting to see that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I love that. I thought it was like, okay, so like his dad kind of encourages him to like go out and, and sort in of a weird way. Like, well, his parents keep showing up at his venues and then looking embarrassed like they expect like, something oh, different. God, that's like, our oh, kid. Andy, why do you do these things? Yeah. It's like he's been doing them for nearly 25 years now, so. Yeah. yeah. Um, gosh, I love, <laughs> I love the brothel scene. <laughs> that is a great scene. Are you kidding, Andy? He comes here one twice a week. I know that was so good, and it was like such a. It, it showed like even he was just fooling Bob. Even like yeah. you know, mm-hmm. it, it was great. Um, it, yeah, it, it brings up that whole thing that everything anyone ever saw of him was a performance. Yeah, well, the, Lynn says, and that apparently kind of rang true with him. He said, "You know, how will I know the real me?" He says, "There is no real you." Oh yeah, I forgot. Mm, yeah. So, so speaking of that, because one of my notes is in here, there's a lot of people in the film who actually worked with Kaufman one way or the other. Yeah. yeah. And the biggest of which, and, I, and it was a surprise to me because I hadn't found out at the time, but one of the biggest was Jerry Lawler, who is oh, the, yeah. the wrestler yeah. that uh, that Andy has shown pissing off down in Memphis. Now, as it turns out, that whole thing was staged, and apparently about 10 years after Andy's death, it was made known that this was staged. But do you guys think that the appearance of people like Lawler, and Bob Zmudu is actually executive producer of the movie, um, David Letterman, Danny DeVito, do you think mm-hmm. the, the appearance of those people in this film lends credence to the film's portrayal of Andy as a real person. Uh, who do you want? Is that to, too, who are you asking? I'm looking at the weasel, but we're, ah. he's looking at you. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> we got a Mexican standoff here, boys. Yeah. I think it gives us some weight. I think it gives a little some credibility. These people who knew him said, yeah, but tacitly at least are saying, yeah, I, uh, we, I agree with his portrayal. Weasel. Yeah. I, I agree. I, I think that uh, it's a huge um, show of respect, I think, for all of these actors to come back and, and do that show. Um, you know, they, they, that's got to be an, a nightmare from the casting department to go through and try to get all these people to sign on and be in the same place to shoot these scenes and whatever. And I, I don't know. I think it lends credence to his character as a, as a human being that they were all willing to get back together and do this. And it probably helped out Jim Carrey in portraying the character that he could actually talk to all these people mm. that were Andy's that makes sense. Um, friends and family. Mm-hmm. I heard a story once, I don't know if it's true, but I heard a story that uh, Jim Carrey was walking like through the set somewhere 
and I think it was Andy's brother turned to him and was like, "Hey, Andy, what do you think about this?" Oh, and heard that story. And he and like you know, to Jim Carrey's delight, he was yeah. actually confused by Andy Kaufman's brother for Andy Kaufman. Yeah. See, I heard that same story, but it was a totally different character in a totally different film. It was actually on the set of The Doors, and I think it was Ray Manzarek at one point oh. turned to Val Kilmer and was like. You know, wow, Jim, what do you think of all this? And then he realized what was going on. I've heard the same story about Kaufman, though. Had you? Yeah. Yeah. The thing is, it's funny, Weasley, you start off, you know, I know this story about Kaufman. I don't know if it's true. That describes almost every story you hear about Kaufman. Mike, you you guys, uh, Mike particularly, you've been presenting a lot of these things as fact. Like, you know, this is how it was on Taxi. This is how uh, it was here. I gotta say, I don't agree with you. We don't really know because I can tell you this: in my research, you could find three different versions of a lot of those stories. I heard people say, "Oh yeah, Andy was very professional on the set of yep. Taxi." I, I found one said, "Oh no, the guy was always late. He would throw tantrums." Yep. See, it, that sounds like Tony Clifton, though. No, no, that's they. No, no, they made the distinction. They said uh, no, because Tony only showed up once. Well, yeah, yeah, sort of, sort of. Uh, I, and then you hear hear all of these other stories about whether he did this or he uh, pulled this trick. Or with, I've even heard conflicting stories about the thing on Fridays. It's like, oh yeah, uh, these people knew about it. Then I heard another one said nobody knew about it. He actually did just pull it out of thin air. Then it was no, everybody yeah. knew about it. I think if you watch the bit, it looks pretty obvious that if. Michael Richards could be acting, it's hard to tell. But there's a woman who's laughing, and she's laughing through the whole thing. Even when, when, when Kaufman starts going nuts, I, I think she knew. And if she knew, but, then, then Richards knew. But that was but, the whole thing with Kaufman. That is what you, you asked about this earlier. Did, you know, was he g- genius? Do we think he was brilliant? He understood the medium. He made the medium of television and stand-up and performance in general, he made that part of the joke. No one had done that before. And very few people have done it as well or as deeply. He, his whole idea, his whole life, it, that's why the, the whole thing with uh, did he fake his death or not, because that would be the ultimate punchline. Well, now, see, this is why I brought that whole thing up. My, my note actually says Lawler's appearance, but it's also all those other people lends credence. Or does it? Because a lot of people have said things like, uh, Kaufman's um, attitude, supposedly all the stories about him on Taxi, were mostly told by Bob Zmuda, like I put it out in my in my yeah. trivia, and that it was actually to Bob Zmuda's benefit that he could continue to tell stories like this. But those... And Bob Zmuda is the executive producer of this film, mm-hmm. so seeing anything depicted in this film, because Kaufman is specifically not a part of it. Does it just make us feel better like now we know the trick and we really don't? I don't know. I don't, I don't that, think so. I don't think and, we know anything more. I, I think that's part of the magic of the whole thing. Well, I, was saying, I think it's that's like, the strength, yeah. Y- yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. It, it really is. It's like, uh, it's, it's a ghost story mm-hmm. in the, at the end of the day. It's like, you know, who knows? Did, you know, at the end of the, you know, you could ask something as ridiculous as, did Andy Kaufman exist? Like, who knows? <laughs> uh, find out next week. Um, <laughs> no, the whole no thing you ab- won't. The whole thing about him faking his death as, as the ultimate joke. I remember thinking this. I think, oh, no, no, that doesn't make sense because he, he would have wanted to come back and show everyone that it was a joke. And then mm-hmm. I find myself thinking, but would he? Maybe he wouldn't because a lot of what he did... And it's what his what George accuses him of is only funny to him. Yeah. Maybe he wouldn't care if anybody else got the joke. I I think it's one of the strengths of the film. Um, mm-hmm. And having and even if there were a way to answer the question, I don't think I think that's uh, I'm trying to figure out where it was pointed out. Um, there was some it was some movie something I saw it was a thing in the air I heard people talking <laughs> I don't know uh, that was basically people think they want to know the answer but they really don't. Yeah. No, yeah. I th- yeah, I think that's true. It works best as a mystery. And unfortunately, yeah. I have to point out that with three people, this show goes a lot faster than usual. Uh, <laughs> we're we're going to have to flip all the cards yeah. and get to the end of our show. And since I'm hosting, I will ask first. The Roundup. Max! Mm-hmm. Not I can ask you first, even though you're the guest. Yeah, ha. that's fine. <laughs> Max, do you like this film? <laughs> 
I think it's really well done. I think it's an uncomfortable film to watch. Why is it uncomfortable? Well, first off, I found Andy Kaufman himself very uncomfortable. I don't know if he was a genius. I thought he was extremely erratic, but brilliant. Some of his stuff were... I, I never got the wrestling stuff. I never got the wrestling women stuff. I never got that feud with Jerry Lawler. That didn't seem funny to me. Yeah. Because they never let us in on it. That was like it was a whole private joke. Well, was it meant to be funny, or was it him trying to show how incredibly fake the whole thing is? I, we don't, I don't know. But it okay. was so odd. And, he, and the way he portrayed it, the character he was playing at that point, was so unpleasant and so offensive. It, it was uncomfortable. And the fact that he always... Again, this is a strength of the movie. I am not saying this is a bad movie at all. I think this is really well done. It's just kind of hard to watch because Andy Kaufman seems so uncomfortable in the world. And Jim Carrey portrays that really well. He just, he seems like someone who didn't belong here. Okay. Weasel, I think, uh, you probably know if you like the movie or not. But now, Weasel, do you like the movie? I, I like it, but I, I do agree with some of Max's points. Like, it, it, it does become kind of difficult to watch at times. Um, it's a movie that, like, you know, like, uh, like, I think I tried to show it to Kate, and we watched it, and, like, it it's a great movie it it gets me every single time in the end but like she was watching it and like she was just kind of like eh it's okay is you it know? sort of like when i tried to show you blade runner uh yeah kind of <laughs> kind of it, it's always it's always difficult when you do that when you like show somebody a movie that you absolutely love and yeah. then they're just kind of like yeah, yeah it was okay uh, well actually what i was pointing out is that i tried to show it to him and he fell asleep I, I did. Ooh, that was my subtle way of saying, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> no, I like Blade Runner. I, I do. I was just sleepy. Um. <laughs> Actually, to be fair, I have gone to movies with the weasel in a theater where he's had his popcorn and probably his beer, and he's fallen asleep. And yeah. we'd had to wait after the film for the lights to come up so we can kick him, and so he will wake up and go. Yep. Ah, that's true. the weasel gets comfortable, and he doesn't want to move. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I agree. I think the, there's parts that are really uncomfortable to watch. There's parts of Andy, Kaufman, uh, Andy Kaufman's humor and stuff that don't necessarily translate very well into today's society and today's, uh, you know, they're not exactly politically correct. <laughs> uh but I love it. Like I, I get to the end of it, and every single time it kills me with the funeral scene. And every single time after the funeral scene, where uh, Tony Clifton goes on stage and they're like, "Where is Andy Kaufman?" and he responds with this joke, and it's yeah. a stupid joke, but it gets me every damn time because he goes, "Oh, anybody got a flashlight and a couple of shovels? <laughs> We're gonna go see Andy Kaufman." It, it kills me, but you know that—that's me. What about you, Mike? Mike, what, what do you Thank got? you. <laughs> so, I found it, it, it... Once I did my research, I found it much more difficult to judge it as a film because it's trying to portray something more or less factually. Of course, we're talking Hollywood and we're talking biopic, and we know what that means. I'm looking straight at you, Bohemian Rhapsody, because, <laughs> um, boy, did they get stuff wrong. It was a yeah, fun well. film. They're going to be wrong, but it's like, oh, yeah. wrong, wrong, uh, wrong, uh, no, 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 come on, now start again. Um, and I wrote something down. I'm going to try and read this and not mess it up. Trying to pin Kaufman down is like the uncertainty principle, which states the more precisely the position of some particle is determined, the less precisely its momentum can be known and vice versa. <laughs> Also, that by observing something, you can't see what it actually is because the act of observation in some way inherently changes that thing, such as aiming a photon of light at a particle can change its state or its place. Thank you, Heisenberg. So yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what that is. So, too, we have something like that here with Kaufman. And I think it's almost impossible to watch Kaufman and not try to analyze him, right? Because part of it, you're yeah. trying to figure out what's going on, but you're also trying to figure out what's he trying to do to me. Mm-hmm. So I think the film, I think Carrie, as I said, goes when I when I put them side by side. When I put the real Kaufman next to Carrie, I think Kaufman or I think uh, Carrie overdoes it a little bit. But that's only because I did that. That's not speaking to his performance. I honestly think that he sincerely did the best he could, and nobody was going to ever be able to do that better. Um, it is, I'd say, probably. If not his best overall performance, one of his top two. Hmm. I think that's fair. What um, would be the other one? 
Um, potentially it would be the Truman Show. Okay. Um, he hasn't quite fallen into uh, uh, who's the guy who's, who's he used to be funny and now he does all serious. Oh yeah, I don't know. maybe I was thinking of Tom Hanks because <laughs> you know he was so much better as bosom buddies. And let's, let's face it. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, oh no, I'm thinking of uh, of Robin Williams who mm. could do. Oh no, no, it's Bill Murray. That's who I'm thinking oh. of. Bill, Bill Murray, Murray how, he gets has done some good. Gr- he can be. Some of his performances, I love him in Lost in Translation. Yeah. I even like him in Garden State fairly well. That's him. Broken in Flowers, he's terrific. I didn't see that one. Um, so I think it's a really, it's a worthwhile film, and as has been pointed out, not only from The Weasel, but all three of us, that at the very least, the film makes you curious. And it's like, in, in The Weasel's case, I don't know who this Kaufman guy is, but now I'm curious. I want to go find out. I mean, yeah. that's got to be the mark of a decent film, right? Something that yeah. makes you interested in the subject and want to know more. So, uh, yeah, I, I'd say it's, if you haven't seen it, it's definitely worth seeing. If you don't know Andy Kaufman, the sad thing is is that he is a product of his time and some of his stuff isn't as shocking as it what used to be. No. You know? and, um, but next week, mm. we are going to have another guest host because we're done with this one. <laughs> Roll them up, spindle them, and throw them away. Yep. <laughs> next week, uh, we're going to have Haley coming in and she's going to be speaking about one of her favorite films which is all about ease so fasten your seatbelts it's gonna be a bumpy night strap on and oh wait that's not what i meant Yikes! <laughs> <laughs> on that wow. note i think we'll be saying good night everybody thanks for being here wheeze max thanks for having me guys max mike mike movies <laughs> the end This has been a co-production of The Voice of Max and The Movie Wrench.